Welcome back, Bulls Nation, to another episode of the Nothing But Bulls podcast. I'm your host, Derek, and as always, I'm with my main man, Just B. Justin, what's going on? Nothing much. I'm on summer break. Can't remember the names of my former students, so it's all good. <laughs> and of course, we have Melissa. How's it going? What's good, Bulls Nation? Happy to be recording again. Hope you guys are all doing well, getting some sun, and... Just being happy. Dustin has forgotten his students' names. Like we've forgotten some of the people's names that were on that Bulls team where the media day and they the guys didn't have names on their back. <laughs> Justin, can you expand upon that when when you said uh, you forgot the names of your students? I forgot their names, like. I was at Walmart uh, last week and one of the students that I actually like, like she, like she's an, a great student. From what you remember. Yeah. From what I remember. Um, <laughs> and she came up to me and I was just like, Hey, sweetie. I could not remember her name <laughs> at the moment. Once I, once I say goodbye, I say goodbye with like the belief that there's a good chance that I might not see you again. And like you were just kind of like <laughs> out of my peripheral. So um, her name, I do remember her name. I'm not going to say the name on the podcast, but I do remember her name. It took me about 15 minutes after I left Walmart, but I did remember her name. We haven't recorded in a few weeks. Do you remember our names? Uh, well, it's helping that your names are actually there that I can actually see them. So I didn't forget it. I can't forget because it's right in front of me. Well, speaking of people who are wanting to forget people and when they say goodbye, it's all the haters. The bad news is... Nikola Vucevic has been extended by the Bulls for three years, $60 million. There is no saying bye to Vucevic. He's here to stay. Sorry, haters. I mean, what do you guys think of the deal? I thought it was the perfect number. Uh, I was talking to John Nunes um, the other day. I was telling him, yeah, we signed Vucevic for like, Three years, $60 million to get a team option on the third year. You can't beat it. There's no announcement if we have any protection on the third year, but numbers are spot on. I feel like people's reaction to the signing, or at least what will be the signing, it's like if we signed Wendell Carter for <laughs> that price like which is a very productive center um i think he what what did he average like last year was it 17.6 17? 17. points per game 11 rebounds per game 3.2 assists per game yeah like i don't know like as like we can all like agree that vooch is the third option right yeah where are you going to get those numbers from for your third option from the center position, like 
he puts up really good numbers. I again, like we've talked about this before, how I don't know if he's necessarily being utilized correctly, but as your third option, who at any given night, if the Bulls actually pay attention to something called mismatches, he can give you, you know, twenty um, on a consistent basis if they actually went to him more. So I, I really can't say anything bad about the news. It's not like they signed him for like a five-year deal um, with a no-trade clause. I mean, that's a perfectly reasonable, perfectly reasonable. Like, I feel like people are looking at this like, man, we got to pay this. Like he's Brad Beal or something. Like this is, it's a good thing. And I don't, I don't know how, if, if you're interested in the Bulls being competitive, I don't know that there's any scenario where you can take his production off and they get more competitive. Like I don't I don't see that as an option. So I'm all for the move. I you know, I think he deserves the move. He plays games. Like Vooch's contract is not the issue. Um the main issue is that we're paying what, like eighty something million for a guy who has played a limited amount of games. So I have no problem with Vooch getting the money that he's getting. I'm happy with the signing, kind of just what, what everything you said. We're not going to find a center that is as versatile as him, as consistent as him. He's probably the most consistent on the team. And the contract is like, you can't beat the contract. That's like a hometown discount. It's, that's nothing. Um, yeah, like la- year two stats, 17 points per game, 11 rebounds per game, 3.2 assists, 52% field goal shooting, 34% three-point. I mean, <laughs> like, what – are people expecting you're not and there's just nobody else on the market anyways and we're not considering what we can actually what kind of pieces we can move and what there's just no there's nothing better that we could have done I don't think so I've been happy I'm happy with that move too yeah I think people don't understand that if we get let Vooch go for nothing we don't have the money that we were paying him to use to get anybody else mm-hmm. We're over the cap. Right. So Keaton Vooch for $20 million a year, a guy who's a walking double-double, like like Zed, he, he was willing to give a hometown discount, got it for $20 million a year, and there still might be a like some type of protection on that third year that hasn't been announced until he can officially sign it. So... I don't understand why people are tripping. Yeah, and also when you look at not just his production, but the fact that he hasn't had any major injuries throughout his career that he's dealt with, like people are like acting like he's like over the hill or something. His game is something that's going to translate perfectly fine um, as the years go further in the contract. And it's not a long contract to begin with. But it's not like he's just going to totally fall off of a cliff. Uh, for one thing, like as we mentioned before, there's not that many um, productive centers out there. There's not there's like everybody's talking about go get a shot blocker, go get a shot blocker. There's not that many great shot blockers that are in the league. And when you're looking at the ones who are shot blockers, they're getting overpaid because they can only do one particular thing well. Vooch does a variety of things well that helps his team. And I think one of the things that's underrated, especially as this team continues 
and I find it weird that we're saying this in year what four with Billy, but as they continue to try to find an offensive identity of Vooch can be, you know, a benefit, like he can add to that, add to them finding some type of cohesion uh, within the offense. Um, and he definitely doesn't turn the ball over a considerable amount of, of time. So I think um, for the value for what he provides for this team, he doesn't make a big fuss if he doesn't get shots. Um, he steps up when the team needs him to step up, when he's given those opportunities. I don't have anything wrong with um, the contract that he's signing. And yeah, like you just said, he's an unselfish player. player. He's great at passing. He's a good facilitator when, I mean, we talk about it all the time, playing through Vooch. When they actually play through Vooch, he can make the offense move. So, and he's, he played, let's see, it was 33.5 minutes per game in his second year, 33.1 minutes per game in his first. Like what more do people want? He's available. He's there. He's consistent. He's reliable. He's a double-double machine. So y'all go do your research before you start complaining about this Vooch signing, please. Resigning extension. Yeah, I mean, people knock his defense, but he's not a bad defender. He He's a good team defender. He knows how to play team defense. If we didn't have all this switching with people not guarding their man, it wouldn't come down to people getting to the lane and you were like, oh, we need a shot blocker. Vooch doesn't block shots. Vooch is in the position that he needs to be in. Isn't that on him most of the time? Is he the quickest? No. But is he a terrible defender? No. So people need to let that go. And especially when you're so caught up on somebody like DeAndre Ayton and you call him a good defender and we've seen where he's just like under the basket watching other guys try to rebound the ball looking like what do you want me to do? And for all purposes uh, he'll still be in Phoenix. Yes, hopefully so. You know, I think what people well, Bulls fans look at, they look at what the Bulls didn't do. Didn't get into the playoffs. So now, even with the fact that the year prior that we did get into the playoffs, even though no one was expecting us to get into the playoffs, but we didn't get into the playoffs, we got to that playing game. The team won 40 games. It's not like this is a teardown situation where the Bulls just need to sell off parts, like everything must go. Um Vooch is more of what is right about this team as opposed to what is wrong about this team. And for a team that's already limited as far as players being able to make outside shots, what big are you going to bring in that is going to be better <clears throat> at making outside shots than what Vooch is? Now, granted, after the All-Star break, he didn't shoot the three particularly well. And I think that the team philosophy of just having him stand out in the three-point range and just like jack up a bunch of threes, I think that goes against how this team needs to play moving forward. In fact, I was looking when looking at the Denver's um, title run, there were so many different offensive concepts where I was like, wow, it'd be nice if the Bulls kind of incorporated some of this stuff in because we saw like in the matchups that Vooch had against um 
against um uh, name his name is like out of my mind for right now. Um like your students. No, well, yes, just like the <laughs> students. The center out of Denver. Jokic? Yeah, Jokic. It's you know, it's a he's not the on the caliber of Jokic, but he's not terribly far away from the way Jokic plays. And the way they position Jokic to be able to play defensively for just one one uh, standpoint, it makes sense within their defensive concepts. There's a lot of things that you could do with Vooch to make him more of a productive player, but he still is productive without having the needed guidance to do what it, he, he needs to do to be success, more successful. So, yeah, I, I have no problem with them bringing Vooch on. Um, hopefully with that person that they brought in for player development as far as shots, um, maybe that's something that will translate better. It's not like Vooch is a terrible shooter, but maybe that will translate better into his game moving forward. So, you know, I'm Honestly, all for it. One of the most important things we could have done in the offseason was have somebody in this player development role, TBH, with all of our young, with all of our young talent and our history of like not being the greatest at player development. This is probably the best thing we could have done, and it's long overdue. So I'm excited for that too. And he did. He was like a shooting. He worked with the shooting on the Mavs too. So it's obviously a glaring need. I I don't want this to be an excuse for us to not bring any shooters on, but. At least we can develop what we have already here, this existing talent, the young talent. That's seriously like the best move we could have made yes. so far. <laughs> I'm like, and eh? so the fact that a report came out saying that we are linked to uh Demon Shinjo and now Jacobante Carter's an option too. Maybe more realistic and cheaper than the other guy, but I mean, he's from Illinois, so Jerry loves signing people from Chicago and Illinois. <laughs> so that could be our shooter right there. I heard people getting excited about Dante like coming to the team. Is he like I didn't know him as a good three point shooter? Like, did he turn himself around this past year? I don't have the stat. Does anybody know what his stats were from last year from three? Um, not off the top of my head, but he was a pretty good shooter. Okay, yeah, he shot 39% from three lash. <laughs> I think he's a pretty good shooter. Yeah, but for his career, he's like 36%. That's not, you know, like the year prior to that, he shot 36%. So I don't, I guess bringing in Dante, maybe. But like Melissa said, like the, the biggest thing that we could have done was um, brought in somebody for player development. So, and I, I, you know, and we probably won't even talk about this, but I like what AK did as far as um, being able to get into the second round. I do see that there is a format that he's trying to follow as far as getting players with some kind of upside to their game. Um, and with Phillips, like I know like a lot of people were like looking at his stats from college and that he did not shoot particularly well. But throughout high school, and again, this is of course it's going back to high school, but he did have certain traits 
that I felt like were good for this team. Long, athletic, can defend, has a very good motor. He shot particularly well when he was in high school. So, you know, I do see like, I, I, I see something of what AK is trying to build as far as bringing in uh, players who are long, athletic, and can defend and, you know, can possibly work with their, their shot profile. But, um, you know, I, I like what he's doing from the standpoint of taking young talent and trying to build something that it might possibly manifest itself in the G League. And as I brought out before, I don't know if I was talking to you all or I was talking to somebody else, there's been a considerable amount of productive players who have come from the G League. I'm not going to throw Carleek's name in there, Derek, because I know you, you have something against Carleek. But Frank Van Fleet came from the G League. The G League. Uh, Pascal Siakam came from the G League. There's a, a bunch of guys that have come from the G League and have benefited from being able to work on their game. And I appreciate the fact that AK is trying to build his team, you know, along the lines of getting a certain type of player. But my main concern about people saying that they want shooting is that when you're looking at the guys who are getting paid, what are they offering besides shooting? Like, do you have players who know how to get open? The majority of the shooters that we see around in the NBA right now are not terribly good defenders. So they're going to have to be a little bit selective in what they're doing. But I do, I do appreciate how he's going about the build so far. And I think some of these moves that he's been making is kind of like, I, I just have a feeling that it's kind of like taking a shot towards Billy. Um, and I say that in the sense of with Derek uh, Jones Jr. not signing. That to me comes across as like his management looking at the situation and thinking we could probably get something a little bit more. But I think it's also coming from the front office that we have guys who we want to see get developed. And by not having a Derek Jones Jr. on this team anymore, it's taking away something that Billy likes to utilize, like small ball, playing him at center. So kind of taking some of those uh, things that Billy is comfortable with away from him. And, you know, because I, I feel like AK has kind of been taking a lot of shots <laughs> in the media and from fans. So I, I kind of wonder if some of those moves that he's making is, you know, kind of like pointing at Billy, like, look, you got to you got to use the guys that I give you. Um, and like my first round draft pick, my draft picks, I want to see on the floor. So I like what. AK is doing with the selection and with signing Gooch. Yeah, speaking of Derrick Jones Jr., that that was him. That he had a player option. He had told Casey Johnson a couple months ago that he was going to opt in. Then he opted out because I think he thought, like, you know what? I'm going somewhere where I can play shooting guard, small forward, instead of being a small 6'5", rail-thin center. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a shot at Billy, but I think that one came from Derrick Jones Jr. and that AK. Um, Julian Phillips, the he's not a shooter thing. Uh, it could be premature. 
Um, the coaches had him change his shot at college, and that's what people are basing that off of. Um, if you watch Chicago Bulls Central, Hayes even brought it up. He made 16 of 25 threes at the draft combine. He was a decent shooter in AAU in high school until he got to the college and they had him change his shot. We now have a player development person who is a shooting coach. So the, oh, we drafted a, another non-shooter. Don't buy into that until you actually see him play. And, you know, AK is not only got into the second round and got Phillips, he got undrafted players. He got Sonogo, who looks like he's NBA ready and could give some backup power forward minutes since we need power forwards. We currently have none. <laughs> you got Marco. <laughs> no. <laughs> Marco should not play. Marco? Who is that? Like, That's the guy that got the leather jacket, right, in Paris? He got a leather jacket in Paris? First of all, the guy is a, supposedly a sinner. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> we have until July 7th to get him out of here before his contract becomes guaranteed. I don't think we need to waste $1.8 million for this guy to be in Windy City the whole season again. It's been two years. He's in a Windy City Bull 99.5% of his career and the other 0.5% are like mop-up minutes. Mm-hmm. Doesn't like, need to be on the team. Yeah, that's like another player development issue. But at this point, it's like, I think it's past, I think it's past that already. But that would have been key, like just to have that player development and even to give him some in-game experience when possible. But I think it's past that at this point. It is pretty telling um, with the last year where like Booch was working with him. Like, we saw pictures of Marco, but we never really saw any videos. Like, there's Summer League, but, like, you know how, like, we're, like, looking at uh, Dale and Terry and Pat working out with uh, DeVar? I I was just thinking about that. Like, we didn't have any actual videos of him doing anything with Booch. So maybe, maybe, you know, it's like, um, it's like um, my my dad always said, the, the universe whispers before it roars. So maybe the signs were there, but we just weren't paying any attention to the fact that Marco's kind of limited. I knew he was kind of <laughs> <laughs> Well, all of us were like saying, like, why doesn't he get minutes? How come we can't get in the game? So <laughs> Because he's lost out there when he's actually in the NBA game. And no, this is probably on Billy. He doesn't play him. He doesn't know the play, so he's just out there like. But I don't know. Two years, and I think he's averaged like 13 minutes through two seasons, like combined. (laughs) 
it can't it, it can just be that Billy doesn't want to play him. <laughs> he, he, he just can't. He's just not good enough. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. It makes me wonder. Like, and again, I am not saying that Marco is some kind of baller, but like some of like the not just the roster configuration, but just the way players have been used and or not used. We just talked about uh, Derek Jones Jr. playing the center position. And I don't even know if, if he's like a buck 95. Like, I, I doubt he is. Um, and just having him play that position, seeing limited minutes from um, Andre Drummond, who proved while he was on the court that he did have some value and something that the Bulls team need needed last year and they continue to need, which is size and rebounding. I don't know. It's it's hard for me to just totally cast a guy aside and say he can't play when we see people who actually can play who do not get minutes for whatever reason. And I, again, I am not saying that Marco is like the next power big time power forward that needs to get minutes on the roster, but Again, it, it goes back to having somebody on this team who can develop players outside of Debo. Yeah. Derek Jones Jr. is listed at 210. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I don't believe it. <laughs> don't think so. Yeah. That's water weight. I don't think so. <laughs> All right. So Ed, you just brought up Andre German. June 29th is the deadline for him to opt in, which is tomorrow. <laughs> also, tomorrow is boy John's birthday. Happy birthday, John. But hey. yeah, <laughs> he has to opt in by tomorrow for his 3.36 million contract. He said he would opt in. But Derek Jones Jr. said that too. This is where we would need Nina <laughs> making a comment about men and their lies. <laughs> <laughs> it's Shout not a lie if you believe it. Okay. Tomorrow is also the last day to extend qualifying offers to our players. We've already extended offered them to Kobe and to Io. So they're restricted free agents as well as Terry Taylor on a two-way deal. One player who is who falls under tomorrow being the last day to extend the qualifying offer to that is not mentioned in that. Carly Jones. Bye Carly. <laughs> Hey, I was very impressed with that man in this video, what he was doing with one hand shooting the ball. Notice I did not post any of Carleek's <laughs> videos on the Nothing But Bull account. He's a menace at, in, the, in the G League, though. And that's where he can stay. <laughs> but yeah, um, we've seen these videos of Damar working out with Pat and Io, and we've seen Kobe's workout videos. What I've noticed is Pat's shot looks faster, and Dalen's shot just looks completely better. 
I noticed that too. And yeah. that's what we were all talking about. Like if Dalen could just work on his shot, he would be like a mini Zill. Obviously a lot, well, he has a way to go, but that profile of him with that court vision, being a point guard, if he could just work on his shot, it would be great. That's why they drafted him to kind of, to kind of be a mini Zoe, but we can work on that shot. We'll be good. Billy needs to play him. And if Billy doesn't play him, then AK needs to take a page out of John Paxson's book and go and choke Billy like he was Vinny Del Negro. Because why would you draft this guy at that pick and not play him to where he has played the most, the, the least amount of minutes at that draft position in NBA history? Makes no sense. Yeah, it's, it was very frustrating um, watching Denver's run and watching, uh, I think it was Chris... I think it's Chris Brown or Braun. I don't know exactly. It's B-R-A-U-N. But they're rookie. Um, just watching him just flourish with the limited amount of minutes that he had. But you could tell that he had a role that was carved out for him. And there's a kid who has, you know, limited experience, um, you know, played very well in college. But his coach had a belief system in him. And there are vets who Mike um, Malone could have turned to, who he could have utilized instead of that rookie, but he gave that kid confidence. And just looking at the traits that Dalen had, especially when we had all of these issues um, with our point guard situation, all of the issues with defense, uh, with intensity, uh, energy, communication, those seem to be a lot of traits that Dalen had at least traits that could solve some of those issues. Um, but for whatever reason, he just could not get any type of playing time, which was, I think, frustrating to everybody. Um, it's good not only seeing his shot selection, not shot selection, but his, um, his form clear up, but also it looked like he's been putting in a considerable amount of time on his body. Looks like he's stronger. Uh, looks like he's able to, like, uh, in some of those videos, he was finishing through contact. So pretty excited to see what Dalen has um, as the next year rolls around. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see him in Summer League. Our first game is July 7th. Uh, you would think Dalen's going to be there. Uh, Phillips. Sonogo, and you know we're rumored to be extending the offer to Ondalar Bittman, your player. Pretty good shooter. Looks like a pretty good player. Um, I think we have to wait, I think until Friday to actually offer him something. But if we bring him in. That might solve help solve some shooting problems and might be another addition to the summer league. Yeah, I um looking at him as a player, 
I know a lot of people when I was on social media were talking about the fact of the shooting looks so good, especially from three. To me, he just looks like a basketball player. Yeah, he, he looks like a guy who does not need a lot of guidance, and we don't need more players who need any type of guidance from Billy Donovan. We just need guys who know how to already play and be useful and don't need someone creating a role for them. But it, it looks like a guy who, you know, he knows how to pass. He knows how to put the ball on the floor knows how to use his athleticism to his advantage can shoot very well, at least from the clips that I saw, uh, which again are limited, but you know, the ball was going into the hoop and that's the main point. But he looks like a player um, who can just come in and just play, not going to be overthinking anything. You're not going to have to necessarily drop plays for him, but he just knows how to do the right thing on the basketball court. And that was something that we were looking at um, last year where there, there were times where I was looking at the game, like, are you guys basketball players? Like, you do know what we do on this court, right? Um, so I, if the Bulls actually extend them, because I thought there was some kind of a thing going on where there, there wasn't a contract that was actually extended to him yet. Yeah, they, they can't extend it until, I think, Friday. Oh, until or, Friday? It's whenever free agents are. It might be, um, might be July 1st, but... The rumor is that they are going to try to work something out with him. So we'll see. But needing guidance from Billy Donovan, Justin, that's an oxymoron. (laughs) I wouldn't trust Billy giving me directions to a McDonald's. There's nothing he can say to me where I'm going to believe anything that he says unless he tells me a certain flavor of gum is very good. That's that's the only thing I'm taking Billy's word for. Maybe we can hire a coaching development. Somebody for coaching development. (laughs) Like a professional development for coaches? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the thing is, um, when you talked about the them extending um, the qualifying options to like Io and Kobe, uh, some of the, the things that have kind of worked in the Bulls' favor is that there is a good amount of teams that have so many point guards at their disposal that they're going to need to get rid of that have had higher draft pedigrees than um, than both Io and Kobe, and I think that works in the Bulls' favor because it's not like Io and Kobe. Kobe, who had a a turnaround year, but Io, who um, did not improve from the year prior, I think it kind of works in the Bulls' favor because they don't necessarily have leverage to go at the Bulls demanding a certain amount of money because there's been, you know, so many teams that are, have a glut of point guards. So may- maybe that's Billy's like role in this maybe his role is to stifle growth so that when players need to get re-signed they have lower leverage to use against the bulls because if that is he's doing an awesome job (laughs) 
I'm like, well, they're they're on the qualifying offer, so they're restricted. So the Bulls can match anything that they deem is worth keeping them for. So the market is probably low, especially for IO. Yeah. Mm. His year two was kind of. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good thing for the Bulls because you can keep them for not too much. I know Jerry's happy about that. Um, you end up with Derek Rose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Der- Derek Rose is no longer going to be a Nick. Um, people are some people are saying we should sign him. Some people are saying we should not. My stance is if this is his retirement tour, go ahead. Justin is shaking his head no. You no. guys know how I feel about Derek Rose. I love him, but he's not he's not gonna do anything. He's not gonna do anything for us, but um if he was super for the low, take him. Hopefully, he'd be a mentor, but uh, he's not really going to do anything for the team. He'll definitely sell tickets. That's for sure. Everybody will be, I mean, who wouldn't want to go see D-Rose? But, yeah, it's not going to do too much in terms of, like, moving the needle for for us, unfortunately. But I forever love D-Rose. Like, yeah, I love Derek too, but like I I watched a good amount of New York Knicks games last year. And when Jalen Brunson went down, like Tibbs went to the other point guard, Emmanuel, quickly, and it was like Derek didn't see the floor for anything. And that's kind of telling. I'm not saying that Derek can't still play. But in that situation where they desperately needed some extra help from the point guard situation, uh, I'm kind of hesitant to bring him in and take away any time from other players who need to continue to develop on this team. Um, I don't know if you just want to have Derek on the sideline, but those other guys need a lot of opportunities. So, And I don't want to give um, – Jerry, any reason to be able to sell more tickets for this fan base? I don't want him making any more extra money. Just no. Sorry. And based off like those interviews too, Derek Rose is like in a place in his career where he's like content. So yeah, he'll just you know, <laughs> he's not going to be working his butt off to help us be contenders, but he's always going to be a great veteran presence. He is very smart. He He's really he's just very smart about the game and he's got a different type of mindset. But in terms of how much work he's going to be putting in, you know, obviously that's not what they would be considering for him, just as a more so as like a mentor. Right. Sign him, let him mentor Kobe. Uh, first of all, you only give him the vet minimum. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Jerry is, I mean, Dirk's not going to. Generate much more ticket sales. We led the league in attendance last year. Pretty much lead the league in attendance every year. But 
you don't play him. You give him the Brian Scalabrini treatment when we're up by big numbers and the crowd is chanting, we want Rose. You put him in and plays like two minutes in garbage time. But he can retire as a bull, which needs to happen. So, yeah, retirement tour, sure. Signing him to just be like, okay, we brought Derrick Rose back. This is what we've done this offseason. Hell no. I would love for him to retire a bull. He has to retire a bull. But I, I'm torn because I also want him to get a ring, too. So I would love for him to get a ring, too. But I think ultimately. Better go to jury. Yeah, I would love for him to retire a bull. It's the only way they can kind of write that whole whole situation isn't there still a lot of bad blood between how everything went down though or is it just like you know gar foreman is out so he would be okay i think he would be okay i mean gar pax regime is no more so I just saw something on Twitter that says hire Gar Pax. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Call out the account. Uh, Bulls Therapy? I'll send you all a picture. I know the account. Come on, bruh. <laughs> Is he joking? He's probably joking. I know the account too. He's probably joking. Please tell me he's joking. I'm sure he is, but it was just funny oh. you saying that. Because he always has really, he, he has really solid takes. So <laughs> I'm like Gar, I think is what down in New Orleans, being a talent scout, and take him to the crocodiles. <laughs> He's certainly not helping New Orleans and. Zion situation. Why would we bring them? That's somewhere in the UC doing who knows what. Special advisor. And it's dead solid because nobody believes that. So, yeah, as we're saying, um, shooting options are opening up. Uh, Max Struess looks like he's going to decline his player option and would probably command the full mid-level exception. Are we in favor of using the mid-level exception for Max Struess? <laughs> like, yes, I don't have no. a problem. I don't, ha you know, I don't want to say I'm indifferent. I think that <clears throat> Struess did a good job um, kind of like as filling in because there were times where he was starting some games I know that Jimmy Butler throughout the season likes to take time off um, and save it up for the playoffs. 
So there were some times where he did fill in and he filled in very well, especially um, there were also times when um, that uh, Tyler Hero also went down and he's able to be moved around the roster. He plays like, you know, he could initiate the offense sometimes. Um, coming off the screens, he wasn't that bad. I think he shot, um, yeah, like 35% from three last year. Not terribly great, but it's a guy who, at least for the time that he was playing against us, he kind of torched us. Um, so I think and he kind of fits in the system of another guy who just knows what to do with the ball. He's not going to overextend himself. Um, and he's a willing defender. So I wouldn't be mad at the Bulls bringing him on. For the full mid-level exception, I don't know, but I wouldn't be <laughs> mad for him coming back. I'm like, yeah, that's the question for the full mid-level exception. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a guy who's been in the playoffs and, and you know, performed fairly well in the playoffs. So. <clears throat> we offer him the full mid-level exception and you really only have the biannual exception to try to sign somebody else. But I'm not in a hurry of them like signing a bunch. I want to see how how everything is shaking out with who's going where because it's it's the big names who are going to be on the move first. Like, you know, even with like Vooch, people might not think about Vooch as a big name, but you know, top center on the market right now. So the big guys have to do their moving first or decide if they're going to be moving and then everything else is going to filter down. Um, so final topic, speaking about big names, <clears throat> the rumors still persist that the Bulls are contacting teams about Zach Levine, but have not gotten an offer that would cause them to trade Zach Levine. Do they get one? Or is Zach a bull still at the beginning of the season? I don't think that Zach is going anywhere. I think that the Bulls have to take stock of whoever it is that they feel is their best player. And right now, as far as age, production, shooting ability, uh, athleticism, that's Zach. You know, I know like we we saw the exploits that DeMar had uh, during the time that he's been here. We saw the leadership qualities that he's had, taking those other guys under their wing as far as Dale and Terry and uh, Pat. But, you know, when I'm looking at those videos and I'm seeing those guys doing the same drills as DeMar DeRozan, I'm like, well, if we could get somebody cheaper to do those drills, I I think you kind of have to move off of that guy. And it's not like I don't really like DeMar. I'm very appreciative of everything that he's offered for this team um, as far as giving them like further direction. But I think it the situation with Zach is just taking stock of what people are saying. I think the real thing is, okay, let's see what you want for Zach, but um, we can't offer you that, but will you take DeMar instead? You know, I think it's kind of one of those things because DeMar, um, I don't want to say that he's 
he's not old. Um, people like use like over 30 as like old. DeMar has plenty of game left in, you know, in his career, but he's got an expiring deal. And I don't think that it makes sense for the Bulls moving forward to offer him anything lengthy, especially when you have to figure out what are we getting out of Pat? Can Pat transition into being a player that we can rely on as far as the offensive standpoint of what the team needs are? So I, I think it's really them just gauging interest and seeing what people, what are people like talking about? What are they interested in? And I think it's, I honestly think it's going to involve somewhere down the line soon them moving to Mar. Lizzie. Well, um, DeMar is, has been invaluable to the team, but unfortunately, he will probably be on the decline. He, his first season with us, nobody could have ever predicted that type of season that he had. Um, most of our success would not have been possible with DeMar. I would argue that this was more DeMar's team the past couple of years than it was Zach. Um, however, in terms of like, contracts and as we mentioned um Demar's age but he still does a lot for his age however it'll it's not we're not if we're looking towards the future it's not the direction to go um his mentorship I appreciate everything I love Demar so much like his mentorship means everything to this team too they they always look to him he's a, he is the leader of the team but in terms of like looking to the future it would probably be him to get offloaded, unfortunately. But uh, I mean, that's just the reality of the business. And when you have money involved, it's just, it is what it is. It's building around Zach. Um, I do think that we would see more from Zach's game, unfortunately, without DeMar there. Um, it does not minimize DeMar's talent. It does not minimize what DeMar can do for the team, but I think that you would see a lot more growth in Zach's game have with without DeMar being there, unfortunately. But that's how I feel about it. I I would hate to lose him though, but you can't have it all. Now, just to piggyback off of that real quick, um, there's two contrasting styles that I think that are kind of evident, at least from where I see the Bulls playing. Billy does have a preference for wanting to um, tempo, you know, wanting them to get up and down the, the floor, uh, quick decisions. That's not necessarily something that DeMar falls back onto. It's, you know, he's very efficient at what he does. Excellent ISO player. But he likes to slow things down, just like the way Chris Paul in the situation with Golden State, there's two contrasting styles where they like to play fast. Chris Paul likes to slow things down, like preview what the defense is trying to do and then make his move. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with the Marsh style. I think on a team that needs a go-to player um, that has young players that are still trying to find their way, I think that DeMar would be excellent on those teams, you know, possibly um, with the New York Nets in their situation. But for where he's at right now and what we need out of Pat, 
he's kind of blocking that growth and not because of anything wrong that he's doing, but just because of the position that he plays and also the money aspect. Um, and I looked at Pat's profile and like you mentioned, his jump shot looking like it's a lot quicker. And I was talking with somebody recently how honestly, and I know people get into this, Pat is, you know, he can play the power forward position. People who say that he's small forward, but just in shot profile to me and body makeup, Pat resembles a lot of what Clay Thompson does. And I think that he can turn into that type of player with his shot selection. Um, you need more threes. Pat has shown that he's a very capable three-point shooter. But in order for him to get those opportunities and not just be somebody who stands out on the wing and shoots um, three-pointers based off of you know somebody else making move, if you really want to be able to unlock everything that we've been seeing out of these videos that have been posted through social media, somebody's going to have to move. Um, you know, I know DeMar talked about adding to his three-point range, but still, we want to get into those facets of, of what um, Pat can do and open himself up offensively and unlocking a lot of his potential. I don't see how that's something that's going to happen with DeMar on this team. And it would have been fine had we had a, uh, a point guard. Obviously, yeah. it was working when we had Zoe. Everything was working when we had Zoe, when we had a true point guard. So that is like the number one issue, but we don't have, we don't have that. So, and also with Pat, like it's the same thing with him. It's more so Pat getting out of his own way. I don't think that anything's changed. Has he improved his skill set? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. But it's, I think the most important part is still him getting out of his own way. He's still in his head. You could still see he doesn't play with confidence, whether his skill set improves or not, whether his game grows or not, he's still just lacks that confidence that killer instinct to just do just just hoop just play ball not defer to the vets so I think I mean that has so much of it so much to do with it too just just pack hooping just strictly hooping do not defer to anybody else just play ball he has the build for it he has a skill set for it and that's only going to get better but we just need him to adjust his mindset needs to realize what he can bring to this team and just do it. And I think he knows he just has to apply those skills and just do it. Like Nike. And part of why he's blocked is that DeMar, like this goes back to Billy, but Billy <clears throat> leans into vets and Billy lets vets do what they are comfortable doing. He's not going to push anybody out of their comfort zone. And there are many times where things weren't clicking for the Bulls offense and DeMar, because of his unique ability to play ISO, that's something that the Bulls would lean into. And again, DeMar has value, but I think taking him away would also take Billy out of his comfort zone of just depending on one player to take over the game. Going to have to go into that coaching kitchen and cook something up. Once we get our professional development for coaching on this team cook up anything anything man ain't cooking up nothing <laughs> he's serving lunchables <laughs> so if you follow Stacey King he was tweeting out earlier about 
how it's going to take a coach who's confident in changing the narrative of today's game, start teaching basics, fundamentals, passing, hardball screens, cutting without the ball, even if you don't get the ball. And I just replied, yes, does sound like Billy. (laughs) I think those were subtle shots at Billy from Stacy, but yeah, that man's not cooking up anything. He's had DeMar as his safety net to just get to his spots and score. Uh, as far as, you know, them calling teams about Zach, I think that's just them doing their due diligence and seeing his value around the league. Um, they're not going to do a bit uh, deal for, like, what the Wizards got for Bradley Bill. It's not happening. They're going to want a lot more if they decide to move off of Zach. I think the more likely option is Gamar gets traded at the deadline. And like you said, it it makes sense for Pat's development. Um, It makes sense for Zach's development as a team leader because it's been Gamar's team since Gamar has been here. And Tamar is 34, coming up on a contract extension. I don't think you want to give him like $150 million for three years where he would be turning 37, 38 towards the end of that deal. Especially when you also have to give a contract extension to Pat. So Tamar might be elsewhere by the end of the season. Hate to see him go, but that's the nature of the beast. So, yeah, and hopefully next time we'll have some more players that we've signed that we can talk about. Hopefully some shooters. Hopefully Andre Drummond does opt in. (laughs) We'll find that out tomorrow. But until then, go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls.